Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Good, everybody. Welcome to the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrero of Niners Nation, alongside Kyle Posey of Niners Nation and Justice Mosqueda from Acme Packing Company. I know how KP is doing because the Niners are on a four-game winning streak. Justice, how are you? I am fending off a civil war uh, in the Packers community right now, <laughs> where half of the te- half of the people want to fight for what's left of the three percent playoff chance that the Packers have. Just hoping that the commanders and the giants just choke down the stretch. And then the other half being, let's just play Jordan Love. Either we tank or we figure out this guy is the quarterback of the future. With everyone looking past the fact that Aaron Rodgers has the big red button that can decide, hey, all of this dead cap immediately goes onto your cap, onto your 2023 cap if uh, I decide to retire. So that is the situation I'm currently dealing with. I'm just scrolling through Tankathon. Looking at wide receivers, <laughs> Quinn so Johnson, sad. come on down. No shot. <laughs> if Aaron Rodgers just retires no shot. <laughs> and the Packers draft a receiver in the first round, that would just be the ultimate ending of this whole friggin' saga. They spent we need two that. second round picks on Christian Watson, so that's like kind of a first round pick. I think he should technically can't. they gave up first round draft compensation for him. So whatever you need to tell yourself, fella. Yeah, Justice. I mean, George Carlin said it best. Six touchdowns in three games. I've He's never a dated a ten, but I've dated five twos. Okay, it's not the same. <laughs> oh, brother. All right, let's uh, get to it, guys, because we have a big show. Ryan Clark and Shannon Crowder from the Pivot Podcast are going to join us. We'll do our gauntlet as well. But before I get to all that, I just want to remind you, we're brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And as always, please rate, review, follow the SB Nation NFL show. Everything we are doing here, I promise you won't be disappointed. Leave us a review, please. If you do, good, bad, or ugly, I promise we will read it on the show. All right. Without further ado, here's Ryan Clark and Shannon Crowder. Very happy to be joined by two members of the Pivot Podcast. Of course, you know it's Ryan Clark, it's Shannon Crowder, it's Fred Taylor. Ryan and Shannon, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, no problem, man. Appreciate you having us. Yes, sir. The Pivot comes out Tuesdays at noon Eastern on YouTube. You can catch it. It is one of the best podcasts out there. And you guys do something that, as somebody that has to interview people every week, I try so hard to do. You guys have conversations with people, not interviews. It's just a discussion. Ryan, I'll start with you. How the hell do you do that? We shut the hell up. <laughs> to be honest, I think I think once you allow your guest to, to speak and now I'll no longer feel like a guest to feel like they're a part of the show. They're a part of the crew. And then you forget that the cameras are around. I believe it builds some sort of chemistry. It builds some sort of trust. And what has also helped us is that once you get enough people to sit down with you and open up, guests don't want to be outdone. Like everybody has an ego. 
right? Like when, when, when Shaq sits down and, and the first thing he tells Channing is, y'all ain't going to make me cry. You know, he's seen people come on our show and share. And then he shares something like he did about his ex-wife and saying that it's his fault that his marriage didn't make it. It's because he knows that's what people do when they sit down with us, that we protect them, that we understand uh, the value that they are giving us and we appreciate it. And I think that type of comfort level is what we build by truly listening to who we have on the show. But like, I could talk to Shaq and there's no way he's ever gonna tell me something like that. Like, I feel like, uh, Channing, you tell me if I'm wrong. I feel like there is a barrier between like you guys and me that's not there when you talk to your guests. Is that, you think that's right? Yeah, I do believe that. And you think about it, we're all, um, being, you know, being ex-athletes, mm -hmm. we all were told by the organization, you know, to, what to say, don't say this, don't do that. You know, like they, they would put these limitations around you because you had the thumb of the organization on your back and the athletes know that. So when they walk in, they know that we know what they've been told. We know, we know the backing of the media you've been a part of, but when they get around us and it's not, you know, it's just some guys sitting around talking. I always, I'll tell people it's always in every interview we've done. And we're at, you know, we're close to a hundred, if not at a hundred already uh, shows we've released. And it's always a, a deep breath moment where the guest kind of sits back and relaxes. Whenever you walk in and there's cameras around, whenever you walk in, you have to get mic'd up. You have the big, you know, the big light over top. Everybody walks in with the straight back, with the perfect <laughs> posture. And then you start talking to them and then they kind of hear our questions and we're not angled to get a clip. We're not, you know, trying to get this, this sound clip out by the six o'clock news. We really want to know the person and know their story. And it's always that moment in every interview it might be a minute in, it might be 10 minutes in, where you see the guy kind of, the woman, anybody, they sit back and they relax because they're sitting in, you know, the porch, the living room, talking to some old friends. And I think, you know, the, the athlete side is one of them, but just the comfort side and how they see how we interact because, you know, pre-show and mm -hmm. post-show or watching shows of the past, they see how we mess with each other and we're real friends. We're not, we're not co-workers, even though we are co-workers. So I think it's just a, a great dynamic that we have here on the pitch. And I also think too, it, it helps that we don't care that Shaq used to be able to dunk or, or, you know, we don't, we don't care that Kevin Hart is funny and we don't care that Mike Tomlin is one of the greatest coaches of his era. Like what we care about is the human. And so sometimes when the first question we ask you is about your children, now you realize, oh, this is different. Or if the first question we ask you is about your stepfather, who was more like your father and the way that he raised you and, and him raising you, making you to uh, into a three-time uh, NBA champion, you know, making you into a league MVP. But it was more that love of a man loving you like he was, you were his own when you weren't. And you answer that question first and you fall into who you were growing up and you start to feel those things. Now you're more willing to share. But uh, I think it matters, like, coming from you guys, like you said, because you played, right? Like, I feel like if I asked that question, you'd be like, this guy doesn't, doesn't care about this stuff. Well, I think, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's true, right? First of all, I don't think that's true. It depends on what your track record says, though. Okay. Right? We've, we've never done a show any other way. Mm-hmm. Right. Like like we've never there. There isn't a show you can watch where we set a guest up. Right. Every show we have, we say, hey, man, is it a, like if somebody says something and we look at each other like, holy hell, like, I don't know. We send it to him. Hey, man, is it OK if we post this? 
Like, are you cool with keeping this in the show? We, because we, if you're we not, stop, we stop people. Mm -hmm. We we went in the interviews and we get in the stories and we'll kind of look over at each other and be like, big dog, that's not what you want to put on wax. And mm -hmm. even from that standpoint, like they, it, it's the trust factor there. And we'll, if there is a controversial topic or, you know, a, a rest in the past or domestic violence or something, pre-show, I asked the, the, the dude, mm -hmm. hey, big homie, like this is out there. You know, I was going to ask this question. Is that cool? And some guys will say, we've had people say, I don't want to talk about my children. Yeah. I don't want to talk about my wife. Who? I got a thousand other questions. Mm. I don't want to talk about my my legal past. Who? We're not we're not we're not here to get, like I said get that sound bit that we could take back to our boss. We're the bosses. Like <laughs> yeah. if I get the sound bite, I got to give it to Ryan. He went there. He heard what he said. So like, I th I think that is a good advantage we have. And yeah. to Ryan's point, I always say whenever we sit down with a shack or Kevin Hart or Charles Barkley, just somebody stupid, you know, stupid famous, I get home and my buddies are calling me. Hey man, how how's Shaq? I say he puts his drawers on before his pants, right? <laughs> like I do. Like he's a human being. He's big. He's tall. He dunks. He's funny. They have they have attributes in this world that are better than mine. But I believe everyone has attributes that are better than others. So we don't put people on that pedestal. And I think, like Ryan said, I think they really feel that that they don't walk in and we jump up, like you know, like you know, the, the marshal just walked in. What up, Shaq? Man, come sit down with your big ass. You know, like, <laughs> it's just always yeah. funny. Yeah. Have you guys talked to, and forgive me if for not knowing this, but like someone that's very aware of their persona, like Russell Wilson, for example, like clearly Russ is putting on a front. Like it's obvious he is not being his authentic self. Have you talked to anybody like that? No, no. I think I, I do believe like sometimes people want to, people have a narrative that they want to share and because we let our guests dictate what the topics of our show are about, what the what the the flow of the show is, kind of the mood of the show, the energy of the show, you start to feel that. Like you know, like you know that Kevin Hart wasn't coming on our show to necessarily be funny, even though it was one of our funnier shows because of Channing, right? Because Channing brought up, you know, what him and his wife like to do on vacation and certain things like that. We ended up having those moments, but Kevin wanted to show that he was willing as a superstar to give his time to these three black former athletes in order to help empower them so they could do more and then pass that down. And so a lot of our show was about that. And so maybe we wanted to talk about certain things or through our study, we figured certain things out, but I can look at Kevin and listen to him and go, oh, this is what he's on today. Yeah. And we understand how to do that show, but we've never had anybody on our show that uh, hasn't been their authentic self on our show. I think it's unfair for us to say someone isn't their authentic self if that's all that they've ever shown us. I think it's unfair to say that Russ Russell Wilson is unauthentic. We could say that Russell Wilson's identity is his own. Russell Wilson's identity isn't something that we agree with. Russell Wilson's identity isn't something that attracts us to him. But even with that, we have to respect that that's who he's always been. If you think it's, if it's not something you vibe with, then say you don't vibe with it. But how can I call a man unauthentic when I don't know his intent? Okay, but like he's high-fiving fans before practice that aren't there. And yeah, he's talked but, about- So you, you think, you personally think that that's, I don't, I don't want to say the words you think it is, right? Right? But whatever it is, 
it's him. He's also had an entire game, pregame, by himself, where he's kneeled and called the huddle, right? He's walked out. That's who he is, right? Now, we got in trouble for calling it or for using a word that people took as negative, but that was our opinion of it. But we didn't say that that's not him. And what I'm not going to do on your show is allow you to keep asking questions about Russell Wilson to make me say something about him that I don't want to say. If you think Russell Wilson's unauthentic, then say he's unauthentic. But that's not that's not my opinion. It's not Channing's opinion. It's not Fred's opinion. Right. And so when we come on the show and you keep trying to say this is what you think of him, don't put it on me. Say that's what you think of Russell Wilson. Print that. Put it on your radio show. That's not what I think. That's not what Channing thinks. We think he's him and we have formed an opinion about how we feel about him through who he is. You think he's unauthentic, then fine. Right. No, but see, now I feel like your guard is up again. Be, be, I'm not out to get you. I'm, I'm not look trying to make you say anything. Russ in the past has talked about how he has practiced press conferences. He is even before he came into the NFL, he would practice that stuff. So it's not me saying Russ is inauthentic. He literally has told us that this is a persona that he has worked on. Yeah, and a lot of people have narratives that they want to put out. And if he, if he, like you're saying, there, there's stuff in the past he said that, um, that like Ryan said, I don't agree with, or I, I look at it as different than what I grew up with. But if that's what he wants to do, that's what I, I guarantee. There's other people that do that. They're just not as famous as Russell Wilson. And if it's, I don't know what it is. I don't know why he would, you know, me personally in my mind and how I think. I don't know how you, how, why you would do the, the whole huddle up, talk to yourself pregame crazy to me. I ran a huddle for years, college, NFL. I don't know why I would practice a press conference. Me personally, Channing Crowder, I don't understand it. If that's what he wants to do, let him do it. But if that's to, just like on our show, to go back to what we we're talking about with people that come on the show, they have a persona that they want to they wanna portray on our show, on our platform. We don't sit there if they come on and just start talking about business, business, business. We'll try to guide them in different directions of questions we want to ask. But we're not going to say, stop talking about business. If they want to talk about it, let them talk about it. And then it. we just cut it out the show. Yeah, and, and, and they'll go from an hour and a half to 45 minutes to sit and talk about, you know, how, how they became a millionaire. Right. But, but it's, it's, I, don't, I don't want to question a person. And authenticity is something, you know, a, a different thing to say. Authenticity. You could question a lot of things about somebody, but how authentic they are, if that's what they're trying to show the world, and they, you just said it, they actually said that they're trying to show the world that, that's their, that's authentically them because they're making this person that they want to be and they want to show you. So that's what they're going to give you. You have to take that package as it's wrapped. Yeah, and if you don't like the wrapping, don't don't open the damn gift. And, and I think <laughs> I think the the issue is like when we do our jobs, we we want things from people. We want emotion, right? We want to be able to experience what they've experienced through the way that they tell their stories. And so when you look at guys who have practice guys who are coached up we often get upset because we're like we want more from you we don't want the cliches and we don't want all of this stuff and I agree as far as for doing our job it's great and it's annoying when people aren't that but if that's what is that's what they aim to be then so be it and if 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 being over prepared if if being guarded if making sure I don't say the wrong thing, or if having this well-manicured persona that I want to portray that truly isn't always me, is who they are, 
then when you take that hold, that's their authenticity. And it may not be the authentic that we're waiting on. The most, the most authentic coach I have ever had is Mike Thomas, ever. And I asked him, I said, coach, why, when you do press conference and you're speaking from, because he reads a lot and he prepares a lot and you're speaking, why aren't you giving everybody what you give us? And he said, because I'm not going to give those people a window into my soul. So you tell me the time you've seen Mike Tomlin talk in your life and you said to yourself, you know what? Mike Tomlin is not authentic. You've never said that. And if you said, I mean, if you said that, I would question you. But that's who he is. I know in watching him, that's actually not the dude I see every day, right? But authentically being him is saying that these people don't deserve my energy in that way, so I'm not going to give it to him. And I think that is authentic because he's basically like, you know what? F y'all, y'all ain't worth the energy. You ain't earned it. And so I just think, man, I think there's ways like we could all look at it. But like for me, what, what you took as, as guarded, I took it being as an adult man. I felt a certain way about what you were trying to say to me. And I told you about it. That's not guarded. That's maturity, right? That's, no, under, that, that's, being, that's being very good at this job. And being around people who are very good at their jobs that do what you do and understanding the way that works. I have no issue with it, right? I have no issue with the questions that you ask because you're doing your job, right? And in doing your job, you're going to do the best you can to make the best show possible. And then being your guest, it's, it's my right and I'm entitled to be like and call BS when I think something's BS. No, that's fine. Look, I have no problem with you disagree. I would rather you disagree. That's that's totally fine. I have no issue with that. If you disagree with a question or whatever, I'm totally fine with it. I don't I don't have any problem with that. Yeah, cool. Last question for you guys, because uh, you talked about how there have been times when you've stopped a guest for maybe saying something that you don't think maybe if you think that there something is going to come across different from how they maybe want it to come across. Have you ever disagreed about that with each other? And how do you make that decision? Like, hold up, we got to put the brakes on this. It's, you know what? Yes, we have. And it's funny because we'll actually, we'll actually send it to the guest. Some, if, if it's just something crazy, we'll just stop it. And put, I don't even finish that thought. Let's just move on to the next question. But if somebody's just rolling and they're talking and they're, you know, being, you know, being themselves and really telling something, telling a story they want to tell. After the fact, a lot of times we'll get in the car together, be going, going out to eat. And we'll be like, hey, uh, I don't know about this part about, let's say, his wife. I don't know if you, you know, at the moment talking to us, being comfortable, he might have said that. I don't know if he wants to put that on YouTube for the rest of life. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that would be out there. And it will be like, you know, and I might say, man, don't worry about that. And Ryan would be like, no, nah, bro. And then Fred would be like, uh, I don't know, Alicia, our producer, Alicia Zubikowski, she might be like, no, because he's going to get a lot of backlash from so-and-so and such-and-such. So, -and -such. so we have four different minds thinking about this topic. From different angles, we have a media, two media minds. You know, uh, uh, Ryan and Alicia, they do it. This is, their, this is their livelihood. And then you got me and Fred who play ball, and you know, I do a little media and different things. So we have four different minds talking about this topic, and it's never been a point where it's a two-two split. It always gets to a point where, like Ryan's saying, and I think the beauty of our show and our relationship is where we can talk to each other, disagree, argue, yell and cuss. 
but the respect is there. So at one point we'd be like, nah, yeah. If I was in his shoes, you're right, mm-hmm. RC. I wouldn't want that. On, I wouldn't want that on wax for the next hundred years. I wouldn't want my unborn children to hear that story. You're right. Let's take that out. And it's just, you know, we'll edit it right to the end of the last question, skip that section and go to the third question. And it'll be a smooth, beautiful show. And so I, we've never really disagreed on it. If we do, we talk it out like grown and people. And I, I think just to end it, the, the, the thing is what Channing said, though, if that was me, I think if you look at your guests and you respect them like you would want people to respect you. And I think we have that because we've all played and we understand like the depths of those things. The fact that we look at those people that way, that's part of why they relax with us. That's part of why they trust us. But I also think that's a huge reason why it's we don't disagree on that because if Channing doesn't think it's, it should be in, and I do, I'm aside with Channing because I know Channing is the one that's actually showing true care for that person. The Pivot comes out Tuesdays at noon on YouTube. You can follow him on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, at The Pivot. Gentlemen, thank you very much. I really appreciate the time. Okay. Big homie. Yes, sir. Thank you. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll run through the gauntlet and get to the bottom of the biggest question this week. Which playoff team has the best resume? Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. As they win the gridiron gauntlet. Okay, Smarty, what's a gauntlet? Truly don't even know what a gauntlet is. The gauntlet has been laid. Back here on the SB Nation NFL show, gauntlet time. We come up with topics based on the theme of the week. The penultimate college football rankings are out. The the playoff rankings, that got me thinking, what if we applied that to the NFL? That's what we're going to do this week. KP, I will start with you. Which playoff team has the best resume, the Jets or the Commanders? Yeah, I think the real question we should be asking is, what was Ron Rivera thinking with not going Taylor Heineke from the jump? So their record looks good, and 
the commanders, they beat the Eagles. But if I remember correctly, that was on a short week. I think if you just look at the rest of their wins, no, nobody really stands out. The Jets, they don't – it's not like they're playing murderers row either, but they did beat the Bills. They did beat the Dolphins. And you can see them trending in the right way, whereas I just – I still have plenty of doubts about the commanders. If I were to stack these two teams up, I would say the Jets are closer to a fringe top 10 team, whereas the Commanders are closer to, you know, a team in the 20s. So I think for me, it's pretty easy. I'll I'll go Jets. I'll take the team with more talent on both sides of the ball and better coaching. I'm with you. Um, Generally, so how do you guys kind of break down these teams? Because generally when I'm looking at teams, especially at this point of the season where we have enough data points, right? The things that are important to me, it's decisive wins and losses. So that's wins or losses by eight or more points, right? Anything that is beyond a single bounce of the ball, right? I think that's where you feel true wins or losses. Everything. I almost treat close games as ties. And I know that sounds like blasphemy, but you look at how regression works year to year. And even in season, it's like, that's kind of how we should be treating them, right? The other thing we'll is kind of... passing efficiency on offense and defense because i think it's a pretty good stat that is captured um i don't think the numbers for run games are reflective of like how actually good run games are and then the last thing would be like you know quote unquote quality wins right so i think this is where the jets separate themselves right like they won by 23 points against the miami dolphins they beat the buffalo bills they won in green bay and in denver which you can make fun of those teams not matching up to um, their expectations, but at the end of the day, those are Pro Bowl caliber quarterbacks, and Denver has one of the best defenses in the league, right? And then you look at Washington, their wins are Jacksonville, Chicago, Green Bay by two points, Indianapolis by one, the Eagles, which you already mentioned, that's their like big banner win, the Houston Texans and the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, only one of those teams is even in playoff contention. So I think – you know, that, that Miami Dolphins win seems to be like the difference between these two teams, just like on paper. Then you look at the fact that the Jets are making the quarterback switch, which like, remember all summer when we were talking about, hey, maybe they should be making the trade for Jimmy G, like Zach Wilson doesn't look ready yet. I mean, imagine how good this team would be if they had Jimmy G under center right now. So I think even the switch to Mike White trends them moving up. So I'm going with the Jets here, definitely. Just how many just to add on to that real quick. Uh, I know I, I, I definitely uh, had some eyebrows raised when he said that, but it, he's not wrong. So the commanders, like they got blown out by the Eagles early on in the season, the same with the Cowboys. So they had a string of three losses in a row where they lost by double digits. Whereas the Jets, like their two losses, if we're just using justice criteria there, they lost to the Bengals and they lost to the Ravens by double digits or more than one possession. But they did beat the Dolphins. They beat down the Dolphins. They beat down the Packers. They beat down the Bears by um, double digits. So if we're just using that criteria, it, it comes out pretty favorably in the Jets. The Jets. And again, those losses, the big losses, right, came in September. I mean, it yeah. hasn't been sub- since September. It's now November 30th when we're recording this that the Jets have been like, out of a game, you know, with without having the ball their last possession. And Zach Wilson has been stinking up the joint the entire time, and they seem to be trending in the right direction there. So I, I yeah, like lost the, I like the I Jets. I they lost a game where they scored 10 points, man, or they gave up 10 <laughs> points. It, it's, I think the Jets are in a position where they could upset someone greatly in the wild card round. 
I, wow. I think that's where a lot we're of Jets. Who would that team be? At this point, <laughs> it, anyone can get touched, other than like Kansas City or yeah, I don't know. Does Lightning strike right. twice with Buffalo? I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep going. Maybe we can figure it out. So, Justice, which team has the better resume, Jets or Bengals? Oh, I do really like what the Bengals have been doing, especially on the defensive side. I feel like, are they a better team than they were last year? I kind of think that they are. Yeah, which is crazy because we just came off of all the Joe Burrow hype. And now, have you heard of Joe Burrow in the in the last month? If you would have been scrolling through a Twitter timeline, would you have heard a, a single word about Joe Burrow over the last month? I don't think so. I think they're improving i think their defense is better than they get credit for offensively they're evolving which is nice to see i mean that's always been the big negative with um with zach taylor i think i would go cincinnati in this situation just because at the end of the day quarter like offense is more stable than defense and joe burrow is beating out mike white or who knows if, if Wilson ends up coming back and starting in the second half of the season. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, again, using the double-digit criteria, they beat the Jets by double digits. So um, that there's your answer there. They also beat the Dolphins. Uh, they beat the Falcons. They beat the Panthers. Their one double-digit loss, that was on Monday Night Football on a short week with no Jamar Chase. That was the first game they played without Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is going to play – this Sunday, I think he said. So the Bengals are getting healthy when they need to be. I agree. Like I, I said a couple of weeks ago, like heading into that Browns game, I thought they, I would even go as high as say that they were like a fringe top five team. I think the Bengals are actually very good. I know that they've, they've kind of fallen off a bit since then. But from a team perspective, go! Sorry. Uh, from- I, 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 I. Canta y no llores. Hey, we're good. Hey, we're on the hey. board, baby. Mexico, let's go. <laughs> you can put on the board. Okay. As we were, Bengals. Yeah, I just think that they're com- they're complete. I think they are much better defensively than they were last year. Last year, I felt like they were closer to a sieve than anything. Whereas this year, they can get stops. And I, I think he's spot on just about the offense. Or sorry, offense just being more important than defense down the stretch you're going to have to put points up on the board they probably a top 15 defense but they're a top 50 or sorry top five offense when jamar chase is on the field they can run they can throw they have multiple weapons on the perimeter so i think the jets have great one-on-one players but they don't have jamar chase or t higgins so for me it's the Bengals. I should mention, by the way, if there is any tie, I have to break it this week because Steven Sert is out sick. So you should both be very nice to me. Uh, all right, KP, who's got the better resume, Cincinnati or the New York football Giants? Oh, man. Brian Dayball, I love you to death, man. You, What you were, what have they been able to do? Kafka, too. I think Kafka deserves a ton of love for you know what he's been able to get out of. Oh, Daniel he's going to get plenty of love this offseason. Yep. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> yep. It's coming. I'm just throwing it out there so people know. Um, when you think of the Giants, what is their signature win this year? Crickets, because that's that's what it should be, right? Breaking so they Aaron beat Rodgers' thumb on a hail mary <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't want to step on your toes here, but I mean, this is kind of one of the examples of the teams where you, you split out the decisive games, right, and the close games, and this 
probably should be a 500 team. The the Giants in close games are five and one. That's you know a one score one touchdown game. In decisive games, they're two and three. Like this this isn't a team that is just blowing teams out. It's just a team that's kind of hanging around and they've outlasted a couple teams. And you know now in the NFC with the status that they're in, they're in the playoff line. Yeah, I just it, it is so. You just go down their their games. Everything is like a coin flip, right? Everything could go either way. So they beat the Jags 23-17. The Jags should have won that game. I remember watching that. The Ravens, they beat the Ravens 24-20. They probably shouldn't have won that game. They lost convincingly to the Seahawks. They lost convincingly to the Lions. Last week on Thanksgiving, the score was 28-20 to against the Cowboys, but nobody really felt like the game should have been that close. So, yeah, I don't think it's – I don't think this is much of a discussion – Again, the Giants are a great story for this NFL season, but I, it's hard for me to take them seriously. All right, congratulations, Cincinnati. You move on. Justice, who has the better resume, the Bengals or the Buffalo Bills? Oh, man, I know the Buffalo Bills have lost three games, but it's still – does it feel like to you guys they are still one of the premier teams in the league? Because I know they lost back-to-back and people – you know, they're, the people's whole thing is like, you know, there's a 10% chance you win a Super Bowl if you lose back-to-back games and all that stuff. People I, feel like this Bill, I feel like this Bills team is still one of the best in the league. Am I wrong? I don't think you are. I, th- I think they're as good as, you know, Philadelphia, Dallas, San Francisco, any of those teams that you guys want to bring up. I still feel, you know, confident in the Bills. They haven't lost a single game um by you know a decisive score they lost to miami on the road two points in september they lost to the jets by three points on the road they lost to the vikings in overtime on that weird game that like uh, okay Josh, I, Josh I, fumble. I, yeah i understand they lost that game minnesota should have been credited with a win for that that's totally fine using any scenario for that game moving forward to project this team doesn't make any sense that situation is never going to happen again to the Buffalo Bills. So I am I really like the Bills here pretty strongly, even though I am probably higher on Cincinnati than most people. So just talking about the Bills, they have three separate winning streaks this season. I imagine no other team has that. So they won two to start, but they lost one, and they won four in a row. Then they lost the two games you mentioned, the Jets and the Vikings. And this past, uh, this past two, uh, these past two weeks, they've won two in a row. So they beat – Cleveland, when they kind of slept walk the first quarter, quarter and a half, they beat the Lions when they're just like they're making slight mistakes. But think about it. Like they're not playing well and they scored 31 and 28 points in the last two games. To me, it just seems like a team that's I don't want to say they're not motivated, but go! <laughs> we did it again, hey, baby. Hey, hey. I should just talk all podcasts, man. Um <laughs> I just feel like this maybe all month of November, they're kind of sleepwalking. Again, I don't want to say that they're unmotivated, but when the lights come on, when they need to win, when they're playing a playoff team, we get the best version of Buffalo. We get a locked in Buffalo team. And again, when they, when their secondary is healthy, they're going to be ready to roll. So I, I don't doubt them at all. There's, there's no doubt to me that this is like one of easily one of the three best teams in the NFL. Um, so when the Rams were the Rams in week one, crushed them. Wasn't even a game. When the Titans, still, the Titans are a playoff team, right? Week two, crushed them. And then you just go down the line. They beat the Chiefs. No, like, who else can say that they really decidedly 
beat the Chiefs in the manner that they did. And I know that they lost to the Jets the way they were talking about the Jets, but that's a division game. And you just have no idea what happens in those type of games. And it was on the road. So um, I, yeah, I, I would, I would lean the bills. Whew, justice. If these two teams were on a neutral field, what would the line be? If the ba- the Bengals play the bills. It has to be like three and a half Buffalo. Right. Yeah. I would, I would think so. Um, the, the the one big question I had midseason, right, was Josh Allen and, you know, the, the health of that arm. It seems like he's going to be able to do at least all right. I mean, they're running quarterback power, running sweeps with him in clutch time and stuff like that when they need it. So it's not changing the way that they're playing football, which is a pretty big deal. I think that's a massive um, box that needed to be checked. Buffalo, unseat Cincinnati. Okay, KP, better resume, Bills, Cowboys. Ooh, man. I don't know what it is about the Cowboys, but for whatever reason, I just cannot quit them. I I think they are very good. I think that they will continue to be very good, and I don't think that is going to change no matter what we see. I just talked about how they barely beat the Giants, right? They they won by eight. The game was never really in question. So if we're using the whole double-digit loss and wins thing, the week one – they scored three points. After that, though, they reeled off four in a row. And they have, again, multiple winning streaks in a season. To me, tells me that you are a legitimate contender. And Dallas also has multiple winning streaks. <clears throat> I, I don't think their, their schedule, their resume matches up, though. They did beat the Bengals. They lost by nine. To, the, to Philadelphia. And I remember that game. That game wasn't as close as the score um, made it appear. But outside of that, are we... Cooper Rush was also starting in that game. Which matters. Um, that 40-3 to Vikings game, that just got out of hand right away. Michael Parsons has a sack fumble on the first play. So, I mean, it was it was Kirk Cousins against pressure. Let's, we all know how that generally ends. <laughs> I... I don't, I don't think I can pick a big, against the Bills here. I, I'm going to go... I'm going to stick with the Bills. Again? (laughs) They got three? (laughs) Three in like five minutes. Wow. We're going to do it. We're going to be pulling. Um, So I think I would pick Dallas here. And this is the one where I'm just like, their defense is so good. I understand like they lost to Philadelphia. Okay. That was Cooper Rush. I'm throwing that one out. They played Green Bay in overtime. That's their other loss. And then the other one's week one. So, like, they Dak hasn't lost in regulation since week one. That defense is playing like crazy. That's as simple as it's going to be for me. I, 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 know, I know that seems very, like, reductive, boiling it down to, like, a very small point. But that's what I think of this team. I mean, they have – if it's not the best defense in the league, it's at least in the conversation for the top three. I think they're just getting better – um, on the offensive side of the ball with not only the addition of Dak, but like just them being more comfortable in that offense. I think that offense too is kind of built to beat what these defenses are playing right now. If you're going to play a bunch of split high safety coverage and stuff like that, like this Dallas team is totally fine with just pounding you in the mouth and like playing old school type of football. So I'm going with Dallas. I, I had this conversation with um, BOG when we previewed the, uh, the Eagles uh, Packers game because RJ Ochoa brought it up the week before, but like 
who has the better defense? Who has the better quarterback between Philadelphia and Dallas? I understand the Eagles have the better record, but I think they have the nod in both of those, right? So I'm not sure so you, Dallas is going to be playing wild card weekend. Like maybe they end up being the team that gets the one seed down the line. Yeah, that would be huge for them, no doubt. So you said you think that they're a top three team. You can drop the think. Who are the teams that are better than Dallas defensively? San Francisco. San Francisco and the Eagles are probably the two teams that people would bring up the, the most. Are better on defense than the Cowboys are. I I know. I understand. Their their stats are interesting. We'll talk about the Eagles when they come up. The the Eagles up until this past weekend haven't really played uh an above average NFL quarterback in let's my say, opinion. Let's save that. Let's save that. Yeah. I was yeah. I just wanted I just want to know who you thought was better on that side of the ball, but that okay. So I'm going to have to get pressed into service here. And I look, I'm going to boil this down because we still have a bunch more teams to go through. Who's the signature? What's the best win the Cowboys have had, Justice? The Vikings. It has to be. And we think that they are not any good, right? And the Bills can say the best win we have is the Kansas City Chiefs, who we think are really freaking good, right? (laughs) So it's reductive, but we're splitting hairs here. So I'm going to give the Bills the edge. Close. Very close. Uh, Justice, I think it's your turn. Better resume, Bills or Ravens? Oh, it has to be the Bills. Um, <laughs> the Ravens this year. Yeah. <laughs> what a mess. I just I just saw on Twitter that uh, Greg Roman has been contacted for the open Stanford position. If you guys didn't know, Greg Oops. Roman was there when yeah. uh, when we actually um, got an update on that. Justice Lamar Jackson okay. has offered to drive Greg Roman. <laughs> I was just gonna say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar's packing his bags as we speak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're they're just losing a bunch of dumb games last week. It was the Jacksonville Jaguars earlier this season. They lost to the Giants, the Bills, the Dolphins. The interesting thing is they're not really getting blown out in any of these, right? Mm-hmm. Um Dolphins loss was by four. Bills loss was by three. Giants was by four on the road. And then Jacksonville last week by one point. They're just just the eye test. They just seem like a very directionless team that is kind of sputtering. I mean, I don't think the defense is good enough. Offensively, Lamar still doing about as good as you can do with with the weapons that you have around you. But at some point, like, we just got to call it quits on – like this Greg Roman-led offense just is never going to be good enough to win a title. That's it. So I think Buffalo has a chance. I don't think Baltimore does. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. So we're talking about quality wins, right? When you're thinking of the best Ravens win, if they beat Tampa Bay on the road, which is a good win. Jets that week was one, maybe? When Tampa was sputtering. That was not the same Jets as the Jets no. we see today, so I can't give them credit for that. Um, the next week, before the Dolphins were the Dolphins, the Dolphins came back, right? Um yeah, I guess the Bengals win in week five. They beat the Bengals. But outside of that, it just feels like like they this team leaves a lot to be desired. They have a bunch of good players, but I think just calling them directionless is very accurate. They You don't know what you're going to get from them. They should be better on offense. They are not. The reason that they are competitive is because they're quarterback on the other side of the ball. I, I don't know what they're doing. I have no idea what they're doing. They're They're fine. They're close to being good, but they can't get off the field. It's – it's a weird team. So yeah, it's, it's probably time to pull the plug. And if anything, we probably waited a couple weeks too late to do that for Baltimore. Um, if Greg Roman comes back next year, 
we got to have a sit down, Mr. Harbaugh. <laughs> they scored 13 <laughs> points against the pack, the Panthers coming off of a bye. 13. And most of that was not in the enough. second half. Yeah. Yeah, that's not ideal. They're just All not right. good enough. I mean, if, if not for – so they play the Broncos, Steelers, Browns, Falcons, Steelers, and then Bengals finally, mm-hmm. a team in the playoff hunt in week 18. If not for the easy strength of schedule, the next five-ish, five, six, maybe even the Bengals are sitting their starters at that point, five to six games. I don't know if Baltimore makes the playoffs, right? I mean, this is going to be a team to watch down the line. I'm going to make an executive decision and take the Bucks off this list because you got to have a winning record for us to be included there on this list. Go. Take Tampa that, Bay Tom. Does not. Sorry, Tommy. Uh, KP, better resume, Bills or the Tennessee Titans? Oh, baby. I love, 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 love Vrabel, man. He, uh, I wish he had actual good players on offense. But if we're looking <laughs> at say a quarterback, <laughs> right? So talk about signature freaking wins. Talk about signature covers. Does that count? Because he is a machine in that sense. So <laughs> looking at what they've done, I mean, it's it's a lot of the same, right? They're they're keeping it close. They almost beat the Bengals last week when they probably should have. They almost beat the Chiefs a few weeks back when they probably should have. Not going to give them credit for beating the Packers or the Broncos because we are very well aware of who those teams are at this time. Uh, who who's it? Who have they beaten? They played the Bills in Week Two the and got smoked by thirty times, right? Yeah, like yeah. And that was. I think this one is simple. Bills Titans. No. Which one are we picking? The Bills won forty one to forty one to uh, seven. So, and in that game, Derrick Henry had twenty five yards on thirteen carries. Yeah, that's the Titans. The Packers like bottled up Derrick Henry too. He did, he wasn't getting any yards. They just let Brian Tannehill throw through the snow like he's prime Brett Favre. <laughs> all right so then that sounds like you guys agree we'll keep it rolling justice better resume the bills or the 49ers Ooh. can i just say by the way niners have the weirdest resume of anybody i i think so they're so haphazard but so let's break this down i think the niners defense is better right i think the bills offense is better i mean pending you guys were talking about christian mccaffrey Coming on to this, he, he has a major injury, you know. Apparently. Yeah, well, RIP him. <laughs> yeah. Who could have guessed? Yeah. It's hard, it's it's hard fun to guess him. Yeah. Fun few weeks. But so the Niners lost week one in that weather game against Chicago, right, at Chicago. They lost by one point at the Denver Broncos. They lost to the Falcons, which I had completely blocked out of my mind entirely. And then they lost You're to not the Chiefs. The only one. <laughs> but they've beaten some pretty good teams, right? I mean, you look, Seattle – that's a good team. They beat them by 20. You look at the uh, the the Chargers, that's a pretty solid team. They beat them by six, coming off of a bye. I, I want to pick the defense. I guess the question becomes, what's better, the Niners offense or the Bills defense? That is a great question. Depending on – I mean, Jimmy G's under center. If he doesn't have McCaffrey, I think the answer is clearly the Bills, but – yeah, I guess I'll go with the Bills here. But it, this this is a tight one. This is probably the closest question so far. Probably. If, if we're giving every team their best unit, the Bills and the 40, the Bills offense and the 49ers defense, we're talking about like top three, right? This is the best of the best. I would love to see this matchup. Yeah. The 49ers 
it took them until like this past month for them to get consistent. And even then, you know, there's still been some warts. Like the, I thought, I actually think that they should get credit for beating the Saints. I know that the Saints record will probably wouldn't reflect that, but the Saints didn't score points. So yeah. The Saints I, did I not get reach the end zone after having over four, five drives inside of the 49ers 35 yard line. Just to give you an idea of how dominant that defense is, they just find ways to to turn the ball over to get you, uh, to get off the field, and that's that's very hard to do in today's game. But as you said, like they are good on offense, they know how to move the ball, but they they really sputter when it comes to uh, in the red zone or just converting touchdowns instead of field goals. So that 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 would probably leave you to believe the Bills would be better. Both teams have played the Chiefs. One team beat the Chiefs. The other team got the doors blown off them at home by the Chiefs. I feel like that has to matter when we're talking about this. It, it It's always going to come back to Jimmy G, right? Like, what are we going to get from Jimmy G? If he to. plays the Bills, which version of Jimmy G do you think we'd get? I know that answer. Sean McDermott knows that answer. Kyle Shanahan <laughs> probably knows that answer, too. And I think that would reflect in the game plan, whereas – I've seen Josh Allen against the 49ers. I remember that game very vividly. It was not pretty. This is a better version defensively for the 49ers. But I, you know, I mean, he's always going to score in my mind. So I think the Bills and they, I think they have the better quality win in the, in the Chiefs. And they haven't got, you know, embarrassed, so to say. They don't have those double-digit losses like the 49ers do. I know that they were down multiple starters against the Falcons, but – you just you can't perform like that in the NFL in that time. The same goes with the Chiefs. I mean, that was McCaffrey's first game, but that was kind of a litmus test to see, hey, are the 49ers for real at that, that time? And then it just wasn't the case. So I, I would go Bills here. But again, like if we're just ranking the units, it's Bills like two and then 49ers defense 2B. It's, it's very close. So the weird thing about the Niners – Look at their wins, right? They beat the Seahawks by 20. The only points the Seahawks scored were, wasn't it like a fake punt or a blocked field goal touchdown? That's what it was. They beat the Rams 24 to 9. They beat the Panthers 37 15. They beat the Rams 31 14. They beat the Cardinals by 28 points, right? And then you look at some of their losses. The Chiefs' loss, the score of that game at halftime was 14 13 Chiefs. They had one bad half against Kansas City where Kansas City just decided we're going to score touchdowns every single time. It's the weirdest thing, but I do agree with both of you, by the way. I do think it is the Bills. So, Niners, you're off. Bills advance. Justice, better resume. Buffalo or Miami? I have to go with Buffalo here. I I think Miami is right on the line of, like, those regression teams. Again, we're looking at decisive wins, decisive losses, close games. The Miami Dolphins are 5-0 and in close games. Every single one of them has broken their way. They're 3-3 three and three in these decisive games, right? So on paper, I understand the, the, the offense is going crazy, right? The defense is also playing terribly. This team probably should be somewhere around 500, considering the fact that they're playing in a division with the Jets, with the Bills. Even the Patriots are probably a little bit underrated, you know, relative to their record, um, just because of how good that defense is. So I'm definitely taking the bills here. Miami smells kind of like I under, I, they smell like a fraud team. Call the them paper tigers. Call they them. are paper tigers. They're, they're very, all they can do is throw the ball intermediate over the middle. They're spamming the plays. Good for them. Two is very accurate. Well. And 
delivering the ball to two great wide receivers, but we'll see how that works out when you're playing on the road, you know, four consecutive games on, on the way to a playoff, on the way to a Super Bowl. I just don't think it breaks out for them. Yeah, I've, I'm very confident that their offense will travel. Speaking of the Dolphins, I cannot say the same about their defense. I like the Texans scored 15 and they probably could have scored more. And that's with Kyle Allen, like starting on a short week. If you just look at what Miami does defensively, it's, it's hoping that Bradley Chubb gets home, hoping that Jalen Phillips gets home, because if they don't, they just leave a lot to be desired. They are one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL. And just, I mean, as, as a defense in general, they're going to be near the bottom in a bunch of categories this week the step up in class from who they've been playing on the road to the 49ers is going to be very significant. So think about it. They just played the Texans one by 15. They beat the Browns by over 20. They beat the bears. We're lucky to beat the bears 35, 31, uh, 32. The, the game against the lions in week eight was a battle. I remember that one 31, 27. And then they beat the Steelers before that they faced two playoff caliber teams Vikings, Jets, Bengals, lost convincingly, lost by eight to the Vikings, uh, lost 40 to 17 to the New York Jets, lost 27 to 15 to the Cincinnati Bengals. Like that is more of who they are in my mind. So didn't have two in those games. Fair. That's true. But Skylar Thompson still had plenty. Like, it's not like their offense wasn't kicking still. I, I don't think their offense is the reason that they lost those games. Mm-hmm. And I know you, you could make an argument that they would have probably kept pace, but I think the, the overlying metric here is that their defense is going to be a struggle. And I think that's going to show itself um, this Sunday. And I imagine the more playoff caliber teams they play, and especially if they do get to the playoffs, like that defense is in for it. So I think it's, it's pretty clear here that I'll, I'll take the bills just because they have better wins. Whereas the dolphins and you play who you can play. That's no fault to them. But I think when they do play a stronger schedule, they're like, we're going to see who the real dolphins are. I think we're going to learn a lot about the Dolphins in this next five games. They have four road games, Niners, Chargers, Bills, Packers, Patriots. All those teams, other than the Packers, have a ton of defensive talent, right? So we're going to learn a lot about what Tua can do. Other than the Packers. Packers. We're going to see, you know, now now they get a game plan, right? The Patriots and the Bills got the Dolphins in the first three weeks of the season when we didn't really know what was Mm going to be the Tua offense, right? What McDaniels was going to actually run. So now they get they got more film. They get a second shot at them. Let's see how these matchups have progressed. I'm not sold on the Dolphins yet. Big couple weeks ahead of them. All right, Buffalo Bills, man, steamrolling through this thing. All right, uh, KP, Bills, Vikings. Who's got the better resume? Ooh, yeah, the uh... Let's talk about it. I don't know that the Vikings are good. <laughs> um, I know they're no, not good. I, I know that their record would suggest that. And to be clear, the first five, six weeks of the season, I think Minnesota deserves a lot of credit for how they played. I think jumping out to early leads is a sign that you come in prepared with a good game plan. And I know that their second halves have, have left a lot to be desired. But the more that I've watched and the more that we've seen from them over the last month or so, and yes, if you just look at the scoreboard, they beat the Bills 33 to 30. They were losing by two touchdowns heading into the fourth quarter. If they play that game nine other times, they get rolled nine other times. So I'm not really buying into just that game as a standalone game. 
the next week, they lose by 37 to the Dallas Cowboys at home. That cannot happen. Yes, they just beat the Patriots last last week. But again, like the Patriots had every opportunity to come away with that. The week before in week nine, they are losing by double digits to Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke throws a pick directly to the Viking safety, and that's how they win the game. <laughs> that is not going to happen in the playoffs. So I like if you just look at the metrics and how where the Vikings stack up and how they play, I imagine teams are gonna go out of their way to take away Jefferson, who is an unreal talent. Like he's seriously unbelievable as a wide receiver, the things that he's able to do, but you're betting on Kirk Cousins under pressure. You're betting on Kevin O'Connell, a first-year head coach, to make these halftime adjustments against other coaches who have been there who have done that. And then a defense that, like, what what do they excel at on defense? So I I don't buy into the Vikings. that They're going to win the division, and that really says a lot about the other three teams more than it does about the Vikings. So they're going to have a favorable position heading into the playoffs. But like as Rob and I talked about on another podcast, they're going to run into – um, somebody in the second round, and they there's no telling if they get out of the first round, honestly. So you look at their passing efficiency, right? Offense and defense, they're slightly below average in on the offensive side of the ball, despite having you know those wide receivers, despite having a better pass protection than Kirk Cousins has had in recent years. And the defense has been playing very, very poorly, despite the fact that they have you know Danelle Hunter and Sedarius Smith out there rushing the passer. If you look at their averages of, you know, the passing efficiency, defensive efficiency or defensive passing efficiency, they're 26 in the league. That's usually a number that correlates to kind of like where you're standing in the NFL is. And it just has no correlation to where the Vikings are right now. Um, the Vikings are 6-0 and in close games. Everything is just breaking their way this season. Again, you mentioned that Bills game. We've talked about it when we talked about the Bills earlier this season or, or earlier this podcast. That's not going to happen again. So their premier win, if you take that one out, is the Commanders. Like what? What else? Like the Commanders or the Dolphins? I guess that they, they've played two. I guess they played three really good teams, right? The Bills game, which is funky. The Eagles, they lost by seventeen points, and the Dallas Cowboys that they lost by thirty-seven points. Like this team's not legit. They have a good record. Good for them. Maybe they can pull off the two seed because they're playing in a terrible division, but. This is not a contending caliber team. If the so Vikings... let, me, let me reel off the teams that they played. So they played the Packers, Eagles, Lions, Saints, Bears, Dolphins, Cardinals, Commanders, Bills, Cowboys, Patriots. So of those teams, Bills, Dallas, Miami, the only three above average passing offenses, they are 26th in dropback success rate. As a defense, they are 26th in defensive success rate. They are horrific without playing an above average schedule. Like there's no excuse for them to be that bad if we're going to take them seriously. The Vikings have only scored five more points than the opposition this year, despite being nine and two, but they can clinch the division this week. If they They win and the Lions lose, Minnesota clinches the NFC North, but okay, they're off the list. It's a fraud, it's a fraud, it's a fraud. KP, Bills, Chiefs, who's got the better resume? Man. I I talked about how it felt like the Bills were kind of sleepwalking in the month of November. Whenever the Chiefs lose, I feel like you can blame it on them. They played the Rams last week, twenty six to ten, and it's like, like, is everything okay? Or like, are you guys doing doing fine? But they won <laughs> convincingly. Like it wasn't close. The week before against the Chargers, 
they they flirted with losing the week before against the Jaguars. The Jaguars had opportunities. The Titans the week before. The Titans were up for most of the game, but all they do is win, man. So their losses this season against the Bills, where we we talked about that game at Nazi and there were multiple turnovers, and that that game could have gone either way. And then that weird loss to the Colts earlier in the season, I don't know if you guys remember that, where I think there was a special Mm -hmm. teams blunder. I think Sky Moore fumbled a punt. Like, the Chiefs, they're not going to lose to the Colts if they were to play that game again. So um, what's the – the best win on the resume for the chiefs. Like they blew out the 49ers. That has to matter. No team has looked like that against the Niners. Um, They swept the chargers. They just beat the Rams. I know the Rams aren't, you know, too good this year, but um, they handled the bucks. Like that was a game where everybody thought the bucks were, maybe that was the time where they turned the corner. We probably like a month too early there, but they beat the bucks. They dropped 41 on the bucks and took their foot off the gas pedal. Then so, Whew, I think I'm gonna go Chiefs. I think I think I'm gonna say the Chiefs have the better resume, and I think that that'll show itself out if they were to play again. I hate I hate to agree with KP here. Oh, boy. We have a little bit more of a debate, but I'm Dang. taking the Chiefs too. I mean, we see all those stats, right? How many times have you seen the if the Broncos only scored 18 points in every game this season, the Chiefs <laughs> have never scored less than 17 this year. They're getting their buckets, no matter what you do. They're going to get their buckets. They're going to average 30, and at the very least, if your defense plays the best possible, if you get all those breaks that you got in that Colts game, they're going to score 17. And then can you do that to Spags? And I know I, – I don't think very much of the Chiefs' defense. I don't think it's very good right now. But the fact that that offense, it seems like it does not matter who you put up against them. They are going to get their points. The fact that that's, like, inevitable is what has me picking the Chiefs here despite the head-to-head with the Buffalo Bills. I so I think agree. when you're talking about the Chiefs, so the pressure that their offense puts on you is insane. They've scored 26 points in eight of their games this year. So knowing that the opposition probably isn't going to have a chance to run the ball, it kind of alleviates some of that pressure off the secondary. And, you know, now the defense line can pin their ears back. Now you don't have to worry about – their linebackers having to fill specific roles and they can just play coverage. They can just run and chase. Like their their metrics on defense that they're not as bad. And I think it's for all of the reasons I just said. So their dropback success rate, they're 14th in the NFL. As a team, their defensive success rate, like they're 19th. So they're still below average to average in that sense. But that's okay because they're well, you have to keep pace with Patrick Mahomes. Time. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, so that that one possession in the first half where you don't score. Or if you get it to the end of the, the half situation where the Chiefs score, get the ball back at half and score again, like you're toast, man. And that's what we see far too often. So I think for me, yeah, that's why I'm going Chiefs. The, the pressure that they put on you, Mahomes isn't making the same boneheaded mistakes that Josh Allen seemingly makes every week. And that's why it's pretty easy for me to go Kansas City. All right, Justice, there's only one team left. Better resume, Chiefs or Philadelphia Eagles? I'm going to take the Chiefs here. I just think, so you look at the Eagles, the best quarterback that they had played up until last week was probably either Kyler or Kirk Cousins. Like, that's not the strongest resume out there in the NFL right now. Um, I think I would take, I I think despite their record, they're a different tier than the Chiefs, the Bills, and dare I say it, even the Dallas Cowboys. They needed... 300 something rushing yards 
and over 100 rushing yards by Jalen Hurts in a single quarter <laughs> to put away the Green Bay Packers 40 to 33. That was the Packers, I believe, the first time they had cracked 30 all year. Um, so you look at this team and, you know, obviously Jalen Hurts, like he's whatever you want to say about like a mobile quarterback, like he's doing well this year. He's a good quarterback for them right now. They have multiple wide receivers that he could throw to. They have a really good offensive line in front of him. The quarterback sneak stuff is crazy. It's infuriating. I can't believe that there's no way to stop this thing. Um, but that defense <laughs> that has kind of like been carrying them throughout the year, right? Like on paper, if you just look at like the metrics, right? The Eagles defense is probably the best in the league. But then you watch that Packers game and you're like, Aaron Rodgers with a busted thumb, broken ribs, Jordan Love off the bench, they can kind of throw against these guys, right? And, you know, they were able to score 33 points against them. And you start wondering, like, I don't know, are they held up by their strength of schedule? Are we going to learn a lot about this Eagles team when they play against the Cowboys again and they actually have Dak back there? Like, I'm not as sold on this Eagles team as maybe some other people are just because of their record. I think they're in that next tier. They're in that San Francisco 49ers tier where I'm like, the Niners have a great defense. But Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm like, the Eagles have, you know, a lot of production this year, but that strength of schedule, right? They're not getting the same type of strength of schedule in the regular season that they're going to end up seeing in the playoffs. And that's my big question mark with them. Was the defense carrying them or were they just not playing anybody? And I think that's, that's the question. That's yeah, what that's I'm saying. The biggest, um, the biggest thing for me when I'm struggling, because when I watch them, you, they're so obviously talented. They have good players all over um, I think there are there are some scheme thing scheme ways on defense that you can get around in them, and that's why we're seeing like the freaking Packers run all over them. But it's not like that was only the Packers who've done that, right? Right. Uh, the Commanders had, they their had way. problems tackling all John year. John Taylor and did the same. Yeah. The the other problem is CJ Gardner Johnson just went out with like a la- I think it was a lacerated spleen or a ra- kidney. Lacerated I think. Kidney. Yeah. Dude, that one that sounds painful. I would quit playing football <laughs> altogether if that ever 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 happened to me. Two, how that guy's really swung that defense. So if he's going to be out for a while, that could be a big difference in that Eagles team. Yeah, that's so probably what safety four or five after him, um, knowing that he was brought in to plug that hole. So how many dominant dominant teams do we see where they're just atrocious against the run on defense? I, I don't think there are many, if any. So they're the Eagles DVOA right now is twenty fourth, but I think it's more closer to judge than by success, right? Just so you know, like what they're dealing with on a down-to-down basis. There is one team in the NFL with a lower success rate defensively stopping the run. Can you guess that team, Justice? Would that be your 13-time world champion Green Bay Packers? <laughs> that is the Green Bay hey! Packers. Hey! The, the uh, prefix to them, but um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> It is. And that that's a problem, right? Because who are they going to play in the playoffs down the stretch? They're going to play teams that can really run the ball and do so successfully as a core part of their offense. That is an issue when you're running the ball, when you're having success, you can do a little bit of everything. And you're also keeping your that offense, that rushing attack, Jalen Hurts, um, Devonta Smith, A.J. Brown, all those guys off the field. So I, I mean, if we're just talking about schedules, we're talking about the double digit wins and losses. Yes. Like they don't have the losses to compare, but they beat, they beat the Steelers handily. They beat the Texans handily. Do you get credit for that? Or should we focus on losing? Yeah. Right. (laughs) Should we we focus on 
them losing by double digits their one loss to the commanders? Should we focus on the close game that they had way back when against the Lions, the close game that they had against the Cardinals? So if you go down the line, they were very fortunate to beat the Jeff Saturdays. I don't know <laughs> that – and I, I, I think – I'm just ready to admit that I was wrong about the Eagles because I thought that they were legit. I thought that they were Same. a contender for the first six or seven weeks. But what I've seen the past month has been very alarming. And I don't know how many 34, 35-year-old defensive tackles are going to fix that. Bam. Take that, Philly. Take that, BLG. How you like that? I totally support it, by the way. That's going to do it for this edition of the SB Nation NFL Show. Please rate, review, and follow. We appreciate all your ratings, and your reviews, and we will read them on the show. KP, Justice, have a good week. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. The Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts.